The saying goes, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. As a financial services consultant, I believe that to be true. For me, being a financial consultant is sharing my knowledge, skills, and experiences with others and watching them succeed in making their dreams become a reality. With a decade of family and business financial planning experience, I decided to leave behind the 9-to-5, high-rise, corporate grind for a more personal and flexible lifestyle. I am now able to aid in the success of my clients that I want to work with, while being the mother I always wanted to be. My firm, EDJ Consulting, specializes in small to medium-sized business bookkeeping and payroll processing. If you are a business owner or know someone who is and located in the U.S., please go visit emadon.com for a full list of professional services offered. Now, if you're a mom like me and looking for a more flexible professional career opportunity that you can do anywhere, anytime, maybe becoming a home bookkeeper is right for you. Pre-sales for the Home Bookkeeper Masterclass are now available under the resources page on my website, emmadon.com. This course includes everything you need to know about starting your own home bookkeeping business, from learning the number one accounting program to building your brand and gaining your first clients. Go visit emmadon.com today. Welcome back, Wine Moms, to another episode of the Mommy Wines Podcast. The Mommy Wines Podcast is an MW Network and Emmadon production brought to you by Real Good Foods, EDJ Consulting, Zaya Active, NakedWines.com, and Coffee Over Cardio. For more information on the MW Network, visit TheMommyWines.com. Hi, Emma. This is Dr. Jennifer Verist. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. So, sorry about having to reschedule. That's all right. (laughs) I completely understand. (laughs) Sometimes, and I hate to admit this, but I don't know. I have, like, fluctuations with mental health. And some days I get really down and depressed and anxious. And I've noticed I've tried to push through it in the past. But I've noticed that it just translates into the episode. And it's like, I don't know, like, I'm just like not all there. And some days I get up and I'm like, I just cannot do this today. Mm, Yeah. And I feel like that is what was going on. Like the other weekend. And I am I don't know. I just want my episodes to be enjoyable when people listen to them. And if I'm just kind of like not feeling it, I can always tell that it translates over when I go to produce the episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, oh, I hate rescheduling. But I'm just like, some days I'm just like not in it. Yeah, no, I completely understand. And sometimes I kind of view that as my body telling it my telling me to take a break like you know because like if you don't take a break your body will kind of force you to and screw up everything that you were trying to accomplish because you didn't listen to your body oh my gosh yes yeah I also I just listened to this TED talk about how stress 
um, and anxiety affects like all these different aspects of not only your mind, but your body. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm not a medical person. Maybe you have like more insight on this, but it is crazy how like mental health and emotions and different things happening in the mind can affect different body parts like physically yeah absolutely like I was just fascinated because Mm -hmm. I was like oh my gosh like because sometimes I'll get like aches and pains or like almost um like muscle cramps in like random parts like my joints or like random parts of like my calf or just like my body Mm -hmm. And he was saying that if you have, like, um, a high, I guess, like, different emotions produce different chemicals in the brain. But once those kind of die down, then it all goes, like, through the bloodstream and it can affect different parts. And I am not a medical person. Mm -hmm. My whole whole family is. However, I'm, like, the black sheep of, like, I was like, no, I'm going to go to school for business. Um, so that's funny. <laughs> like I was listening to this and I'm like, this is normally not something I would be into, but I was like completely fascinated. Well, we have a term for it. Like it's definitely recognized in the medical community. Um, one, we have several terms for it, but like a few of them, like somatization is basically when you have, uh, like an emotional or an, a mental issue that is so um, triggering and so strong and that it actually manifests as a physical ailment in your body. Um, and it affects like an organ in your body. And so the manifestation is very physical and very real. But like, if you, um, like if you go to a doctor and try to diagnose the cause, they will not be able to find like a physical cause for the manifestation because it's actually a manifestation that came from like a, a mental or emotional issue. The other uh, term is conversion disorder, where someone will actually go through like a really traumatic event. And um, because of like their, they haven't really like processed that event. So all of the traumas they're still experiencing associated with that event, it actually manifests into like a chronic illness, like blindness. Like someone can, like after seeing something so traumatic, someone can actually go physically blind because of the emotional stress that they're going through. That's so crazy. Yeah. He also Mm -hmm. said that it is actually possible to die from a broken heart. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, if you can um, have physical ailments from emotional stress, yeah, I, I see how it can, you know you know, manifest to the extent of, you know, like causing, you know, organ shutdown, organ failure. Um, I can see that. Like, I can see how it could get to that point. Um, Because we've seen, I haven't seen that personally, but I've seen minor instances, uh, like less severe instances. In my residency, you know, we would, um, we would have patients on our floor that suffered from conversion disorder. it's so wild yeah it is yeah it also makes me so sad to to think that someone 
especially because I'm a pediatrician. So to think that a kid would go through something so traumatic that they start to manifest a physical ailment from it, that breaks my heart. But I know. Yeah. See, I weigh it too much of like an emotional person. I thought yeah. like if I was ever going to get into medicine, I would be like, something kind of behind the scenes like maybe like an ultrasound technician or something like (laughs) where like I'm not fully like sticking my hand inside of a person but or like chopping body parts off or any of like the crazy stuff right or dealing with like tons of germs and like people who have the flu like a private oh yeah you know but Oh my gosh. I was just so fascinated because I, I don't know how doctors do it. My hat goes way off to you because I would get so attached to every single person. I'm just like too emotional, I think for the medical field. And my mom, she ran a home healthcare business. Mm -hmm. So she was constantly interacting with these elderly people every single day for Mm. eight nine ten hours a day and it's like and then they would pass away or they would need home health care until like the end of their time or something something along those lines and I just I don't know how she was able to handle something like that because I went and visited a couple times I what it was just me and my mom growing up so whenever it was like summer break and I got in trouble for like not coming back on curfew and I was, <laughs> or and I was grounded it, since it was just the two of us if she went to work then I obviously wouldn't be grounded during the day because no one's there to tell me I'm grounded <laughs> so she would make me go to work with her And she would tell these elderly people to give me like a list of chores. Like, what is something you wanted to do around your house, but you haven't been able to. And I would have to like dust or like pick weeds or do all of these things. Like, um, as like my punishment, because if I was there, (laughs) then I could be watched, you know, but Mm -hmm. if I was at home, I could leave and nobody Do whatever you wanted. Yeah. (laughs) I could watch TV or play video games. And I would spend a couple days or a couple hours with some of these people and we would end up getting into conversations and then I would just get like all attached. And then my mom would come home one day and be like, oh yeah, I don't work with her anymore. And I'm like, I don't know how it, it's even, I don't know how it's done, but. It's really tough. My, um, my mom worked in a nursing home and it's so interesting because even growing up with my mom, you know, working in a nursing home and, you know, similar experience. Like she would tell me about um, some of the, her favorite uh, people that she would spend time with. And then one day she would say, yeah, they're, they're not here anymore. Um, But for whatever reason that never deflected me from my desire to be a pediatrician. I think it's, um, you know, you, you have to have a passion for it. Because uh, going into medicine takes out a big chunk of your life. And yeah, yeah. and um, there are different fields that cater to like, you know, different personalities. Like, like you, I think some people really feel like they cannot handle that strong emotional connection with a patient and then like have it end. 
And so they would be better just like not dealing with the like person to person interaction. So there are lots of doctors who um, do things like radiology or pathology where they're more, like you said, behind the scenes um, and they're still practicing medicine. So there's, there are lots of different uh, avenues you can take. But for me, I think I just really enjoyed um, developing that relationship with the family, like nurturing that long-term relationship so that I see the baby when they're born and then as they grow up and they go to elementary school and high school, and then we're talking about, you know, what they want to be when they grow up and when they're going to major in college. That's just, that's just really, really important to me. I just love that about my job. And so I, I enjoy it. That would definitely be rewarding. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's so crazy because when Milo was little, Milo's three, he's my son. Okay. Aww. And like now that he's older, his pediatrician visits are a lot um, more stretched out. Mm-hmm. But we were going so frequently that he would get like used to them, uh, or that his doctor would come in and he would smile. The nurse he didn't like because she always <laughs> gave him vaccinations. But oh man, <laughs> the doctor he loved. <laughs> Yeah, I feel so bad about that because, you know, I'm the one who orders those vaccines, but the nurse has to play bad cop. So Yeah, well, yeah, you're just, every time you order a vaccination, just know you're throwing a nurse right under I the totally bus. I totally am. Like, I walk out the room all smiles and the nurse comes in. Yep, they have a Scooby-Doo Band-Aid and a needle yeah, and they're yeah. like, nope, we hate you now. Oh. As a mom, I know how important it is to have a good meal, and more times than not, I need something prepared, like, now. And I mean, like, right now. Because Milo goes from happy to hangry in a matter of just minutes. I'm pretty sure he gets that hangry jackal and hide side from me, unfortunately. Which sometimes makes it hard to make healthy choices and not just hit the nearest drive through window. But not anymore. That's why I love Real Good Foods. Real Good Foods is currently offering 10,000 free product vouchers to the first 10,000 folks that text Real Good to 474747. Feel good about mealtimes and snacks with Real Good Food. Make sure to text Real Good to 474747 for your chance to try Real Good Foods for free. Once again, text Real Good to 474747. Yeah. But, yeah, he would like, he love like now we don't go that often, but he loves it. He leaves with a book and he plays with all the funky medical tools mm. and this, he, it's funny because his pediatrician now always does like he lets Milo do everything on him before he mm-hmm. does it on Milo because I had to go through this point where I would literally have to use almost all of my strength, which mm. I'm not a very tough person to like hold him down just to like look in his ears or in his mouth or his nose or you know, check his heart rate or things like that. Yeah. And he hated it. Well, now we recently found um, this new pediatrician because the woman that I had 
who I loved decided to move away. Um, it's okay. She's allowed to, you know, live her best life, but, uh, she moved from Salt Lake to Vegas. Oh, wow. Oh man. She is living her best life. life. I'm like, I'm not going to hate on it, but (laughs) I really liked you. (laughs) And, but now we have this new guy who was like a part of the clinic there and I don't know. I feel like they just clicked and like Milo goes in and he's like, oh, it's like has the little stethoscope and is checking inside of his ears. And now I no longer have to sit on my toddler. That's good. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) For the poor doctor to look at anything. I am. I think it was when I was in residency that it just clicked for me that, you know, these kids we it's we sometimes have to just view the whole experience from their perspective and from their mindset like they're in this cold room and it's not home it's different from home and um you know this doctor is touching them and putting things on their skin and they don't know what these things are and you know if they haven't really experienced it before maybe they didn't know, remember the experience it can be very frightening because there's a whole lot of unknowns and um, it's sort of like, you know, us, like say that we were, I don't know, taken up by a UFO <laughs> and then put, put on some sort of exam table. And then like these aliens started touching us with like these tools that we don't know. Yeah. And so that's like a terrifying experience. And so I really try to remember that every time I um, examine a child, especially the younger ages, is to encourage them and smile a lot and sing songs and dance and, you know, let them touch the tools first before I put them on their skin so that I come at them in a very non-threatening way and even like in an entertaining way. And I find that makes a huge difference in, um, you know, letting them, you know, be able to cooperate with the exam because they're, you, you kind of decrease the um, terrifying factor. <laughs> and so, yeah. so, yeah, I often say to my mom that Doc McStuffins is my best friend because <laughs> I sing that song and I'm dancing and then it reminds them, oh, yeah, yeah, this is just like when, you know, Doc McStuffins is listening to those stuffed animals. Okay, now I know what's going on. Okay, that's not so scary anymore. So, yeah, it helps them make that connection. It's also like sometimes I forget and I have to remind myself and I actually learned this from another podcast, but everything, like you're right, like everything is so new to -hmm. kids and they're learning new things probably, hopefully every day, but you know, everything is so new. Experiences are so new. And even if they've had them before, they, like you said, like they might've forgotten because they were a baby or, you know, kids, I feel like not only do they have the attention span of a goldfish, but they also have the memory. And it's like, even if they've done something (laughs) before, it's, it's almost like it's an entirely new experience. If it's, six months down the road or a year down the road, you know, like they don't remember. Yeah. Especially if they got vaccines at the previous appointment. So, you know, we oftentimes don't remember every detail about an experience, but we usually remember how it made us feel. 
So they may not remember like everything, but they probably remember well, last time I was in this position, I got hurt. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. so like, that's part of it too. <laughs> He's like, I just, I don't know. Milo has the most expressionable face, which I do too. We are mm-hmm. not poker faced people over here. You know exactly what's going on just by looking at us. And yeah, it's like, as soon as the doctor walks out the door, he like looks at me oh. and he's like, oh no, is it coming? Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and some and sometimes like we establish because when they're older, like three or older, you can establish right at the beginning whether or not they'll be getting shots that day. And you know, at the older visits, you know, they don't always they don't get vaccines as frequently as when they're less than two years old. So a lot of times we can make establish right from the beginning. No, no shots today. Yay. (laughs) And then all of a sudden it's a positive experience for everyone. (laughs) Wine moms. It's 2020. I can't, I can't even believe it, but you know what that means? Yep. It's time to set some goals and make some resolutions. I know I am. And of course, just like everyone else, I want to make my home and my lifestyle healthier. That's where Zaya Active comes in. I'm 30 now. It's time to stop procrastinating and start taking my health and fitness more seriously. Zaya Active is a female-owned and operated U.S.-based premium active lifestyle brand that's making huge waves in the health and fitness industry. To shop my favorite leggings and all of the other activewear pieces, visit myzaya.com backslash emmadon. Now, if you want to join Zaya to get a lifetime 25% off discount on literally the best leggings ever, hit the join tab on myzaya.com backslash emmadon. So while we're on this topic... Mm-hmm. Now, I, when I was pregnant, I really didn't grow up with babies. I didn't really know anything about babies. I was told a long time ago that I actually couldn't have kids. Oh, wow. So all the, I don't know, baby research or things I never really focused on. So during my pregnancy, I was like cramming in all of the knowledge I possibly could. I was reading mm. websites. I was reading pediatrician articles that they've written or had thoughts on or um, other mommy bloggers. It was insane the amount of research okay. I did because I was like, oh, my God, I'm having a kid. What am I going to do with it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's, yeah. what's right? What's wrong? What do I do? And there's really no right or wrong. But mm-hmm. Um, I was just so overwhelmed with information. I was like on an information overload and, Mm -hmm. but it was also like, I couldn't stop. Like I knew I was getting overwhelmed, but I like couldn't stop because once I was like, oh, okay. Like, I think I have a solid opinion on this. A new thing would come up and I'd be like, oh gosh, I don't know what to do about that. Like cloth diapering. What? Like. (laughs) <laughs> like I I don't know like and there's so many things that go into it and I was so overwhelmed and terrified mm-hmm. 
that I ended up like just going with my gut and there are a few times I read articles and there's so many articles back and forth there's no I, I don't know like there's no swaying one way or swaying another when it comes to vaccines and this might Mm. sound awful but I ended up just flipping a coin oh really yes because I was like I've read so many articles and then it was still like 50 50 like there's people who don't Mm. vaccinate and they have their own opinions or reasons and then there's you know people who do vaccinate who have their own opinions and their own reasons Mm-hmm. So from a medical standpoint, are there any prominent pros and cons? My con was it was a lot of shots very early. Mm. And I, I did have a question. So maybe this is going to turn into a two-part answer for you. Okay. But why are there so many when they're teeny tiny babies, like why aren't they more spread out? That's a great question. Okay. So we'll, I'll start by answering that one first. So um, the vaccination schedule is according to the ACIP and CDC. And we know that infants don't really start making their own antibodies until maybe three to four months old. That's when they first start developing their own antibodies. Um, Prior to that, the only antibodies they have are those that uh, have been passed down from the mom through the placenta, you know, through the bloodstream, um, and maybe like a handful that have been, if you're breastfeeding, that are being passed to the baby from uh, the breast milk. But eventually, those are going to go away. So if the baby doesn't have like... um, a source of um, antibodies where they're making themselves, they are very, very vulnerable to infection that is like, that could be like deadly and fatal. And so that first year of life is a very uh, tenuous um, period when it comes to immunity and infections. And um, so that's why you will see that a lot of those vaccines um, require boosters, like within two months, they need a booster, Um, especially in that first year, two months and four months and six months, I think we give those sets of boosters. So um, that's one of the big reasons. There's a lot of other um, reasons why the uh, schedule is set up the way that it is. And um, there, like you said, there is so much information out there because there is no like regulation on what anyone can put out there. <laughs> I know. Okay. So like, so, so like there's no way to determine the validity of one article versus another. And sometimes there's no article, like there's no scientific information actually presented. It's just a story like of what happened to one person. And so that, basically triggers the emotional factor in the mom because they don't want that to happen to their child. But when we think about it scientifically, that is a sample of one. It's a sample of one (laughs) and it tells you nothing about what will happen to your child. So um, yeah, there is 
so much information out there and there's going to be more because people are producing and producing and producing and there's no checkpoint on validity. So I try to keep it simple for my parents. And my job as a pediatrician is to relay information that is accurate, that has been scientifically and clinically verified so that we are not making decisions for our kids based on anecdotes. Um, and so I have um, relayed parents to uh, the Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, which is like the, um, I don't know, like the facility, a leading facility of pediatric care for the United States. Um, and so they have a website um, that I think it's called Vaccine Education Center, where parents can go to that website. They just Google Vaccine Education Center through CHOP, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, and they um, answer all of these questions. Like one of those goes into really detail um, why the schedule, the vaccination schedule is the way that it is. Um, whenever a child um, is three, four years old, they are now in contact with a lot of kids at daycare. Yeah. Or maybe they're in pre-K. So they're already, by that time, they're already exposed to a lot of the organisms that they could have been protected from with the vaccines by that point. So um, if, if we don't give them those vaccines, so they're at risk for mortality, for things like H. flu bacteria. So there's a flu virus, and that is an optional vaccine that is offered every winter and fall. But then there's flu bacteria, which is one of the vaccines that is given at two, four, and six months old. Prior to that vaccine um, coming out, babies would die from infections of the blood, of the lungs, and the menin meninges, or basically it would be meningitis, from oh, this no. organism, from this organism. And so when the um, vaccine came out in the 90s, I think it was 1990 the uh, rate of infant mortality dropped. So that's like how significant <laughs> this vaccine is. And it's not that these organisms are not out there. They're still very much out there. It's that people, babies are protected from them. Now, if they don't get that protection, then you, you, know, you worry about them making it to the three and four years old. So um, it's scary. And I, you know, I don't like scaring parents. But I do feel it is my duty so that they get an accurate idea of what the stakes are. Yeah. Because there's a lot of misinformation out there because basically anyone can write an article and post it online at this point. And anyone can have a blog. At oh, this yeah. Point. That's so, so true. Yeah. So that's I feel like that's one of my responsibilities as someone who knows like sources and where to refer parents for accurate knowledge, like information. Um, that's one of my responsibilities to share that with them. So. So not Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> no, not Facebook. Yeah. No, there is an organization called American Academy of Pediatrics. <laughs> this is the leading <laughs> organization for pediatric care. This is where the pediatricians go to get information. So they have a website called healthychildren.org, all lowercase healthychildren.org. And um, I refer my parents to that website all the time. Lots of questions that they have. This website has articles addressing those questions. So new year, new wine. And of course I'm talking nakedwines.com. 
If you haven't tasted the delicious, independently crafted wines from boutique winemakers around the world, can you even call yourself a fellow wine mom? Debatable. But don't worry, I got you, girl. Use code MOMMYWINES50 or click the link in the show notes below to receive your first six bottles delivered right to your door for only $34.99. That's $34.99 for six bottles of wine delivered to your door with code MOMMYWINES50. You're welcome. Well, that's that's definitely helpful. And yeah. I feel like maybe just opening up and having these conversations. When I was moving um, from Nevada to Utah, I went and I interviewed pediatricians. Now, I don't know if this is a common thing, but I called and I set up like a 15-minute appointment to just kind of sit down and discuss their medical style, my parenting style, and kind of ask them a few questions about their practice and different things about just how they kind of operate. Um, And I don't know if this is a common thing to, like, interview a doctor. (laughs) Yeah. But Yeah, we have... Um, we have prenatal visits all the time. Really? Okay. Because Mm -hmm. I posted on, I don't know, I think maybe Instagram or Facebook and I was flooded with comments and messages saying, I didn't know you could do that. Who, like, how, what did you ask? How did you set up an appointment? I've never interviewed a doctor. And for me, I've always been kind of half and half my family like I mentioned is pretty much all medical so I'm very familiar with that aspect of things but I don't Mm -hmm. like to overload my body with like pharmaceuticals or over-the-counter medicines like if it gets to a point where those are necessary then obviously but if I can kind of just like wait it out I would rather just wait it out because oftentimes if Mm -hmm. it's a virus there's really nothing you can do you just have to eat a lot of crackers and drink Gatorade and watch tv for a while like you just gotta wait so if I can like kind of avoid those things so I'm not like super super crunchy or natural but I'm also not super super sciencey and like I really, I really enjoy how you describe that as being crunchy. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Like I'm just kind of somewhere in the middle. And, um, for me, that was something that was really important for not only my doctor, but in my pediatrician, because like if Milo coughs, okay, fine. He had, he coughed like he's a kid. There's germs everywhere because kids are a germ circus He's eventually Mm going to have a cough or a cold or whatever. But, like, I didn't want to have a doctor that was like, oh, no, he sniffled one time. Here's a 10-day round of antibiotics. Oh, man. Yeah, hopefully you never find a doctor (laughs) like that. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, like, I don't know. Like, I just think it's – and it's also, like, I view my medical professionals as, like, kind of a – a partnership in our health and I feel like I don't know maybe like I need to have like a good connection with them like I had two 
doctors during my pregnancy, two OBGYNs. One was awful, had terrible, like, bedside (laughs) manner. He was, like, stone cold, never, like, cracked a joke, or he was very just, like, blunt and to the point. And then the other Hmm. guy that I had was incredible, super sweet, super nice, very... And for me, like, I do have anxiety. So when I was going through the whole pregnancy process, I was, like, freaking out about the actual giving birth part. Like, every other person, mm-hmm. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Every other mom, you're like, okay, first time doing this. What the hell's going to happen here? <laughs> and he, for the first time, talked me into not having a plan. Because I am a planner. I schedule Mm -hmm. everything I plan everything I know exactly what's going to happen I always make the joke of saying I'm super flexible as long as everything's going to plan and which Mm -hmm. is like the biggest contradiction ever (laughs) but um but he was like let's kind of be prepared for every aspect let's talk about like let's have open conversation about like what would you want to do if you know if we needed to go in this route or are you okay with this kind of intervention or you know and then he gave me facts and we just had like open conversation about like epidurals and different things like that and I don't know, like just having the conversation and having that freedom to ask questions and get like understandable, knowledgeable answers back was like incredible. So now mm-hmm. I like interview doctors before like I come on as a new patient, which I, do you have like any recommendations for the listeners out there of like what questions to ask and maybe what you should look for in a good pediatrician absolutely because they Um, were like so I've never done that I just showed up when my insurance told me to go (laughs) yeah so um I really like what you said about um the relationship that you have with the pediatrician being a partnership because that is perfectly accurate. That's exact to the point. That's what it is. It's supposed to be a partnership. The pediatrician is supposed to be there to empower you to raise your child. Yes. And so yeah, I love that. So yes. And so every question, like it, it's, I, I could give a couple questions, but really the set of questions uh, is unique to every mom because there are different things that are important to different moms. For example, when it comes to vaccinations, there are some moms who are very pro-vaccine to the point where they would want to know at our practice, do we accept patients that do not vaccinate? Because they don't want, you know, their children exposed to kids who do not vaccinate. So if that's something, you know, that's important to you, you would ask, okay, what are your, um, you know, what is your policy regarding, you know, vaccinations? Okay. Um, Some moms it's important to them when their child is coming in is coming in for a well visit that there's a separate waiting space for them versus children who are coming in for sick visits so that their well child is not exposed to sick kids especially if they're bringing in a new uh, which that's you know a good yeah 
Yeah. And so that's a question that you could ask. Like, do you, um, you know, um, have a, like a, a separated space for people who are coming in for well visits? Some moms um, want to uh, bring their kids in after school is let out. They don't want necessarily their child to miss school. And so you would want to ask, okay, so when is, how late do you guys take appointments and are you open on Saturdays and Sundays? See, that is one you know? I did ask because mm-hmm. especially yeah. when I was living in Elko, there were just tons of funky schedules because um, it's a tiny Western mining town. Um, mm-hmm. And there's oftentimes, you know, mines run 24 seven. They never stop. Um, but regular mm-hmm. businesses do. So that was one thing that was like on my list of questions that I asked is definitely like office hours or extended hours or, um, and then I also asked about like on call. So like if there was ever like mm-hmm. a super emergency and we ended up in the ER, if like they would come to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, whether or not there's an after-hour service that you can reach the doctor after hours or not. Like some clinics have um, the doctor manage the after-hours service. So, like, if you have a question at 8 o'clock at night on, you know, how to handle your child's fever, um, you, will, you, will you be able to reach a doctor or not? So, um, so those are some questions that um, any mom, you know, may be interested in asking But one of the biggest things, one of the biggest things, even more than the questions, is your rapport, like how you are getting along with this pediatrician's personality, because that will determine, you know, how much you trust (laughs) the pediatrician. That that is so true. You can't can't trust someone that you don't like. (laughs) Like It it just doesn't (laughs) work that way. You can't, you can't trust someone that you don't connect with. Yeah. Like, um especially when it comes to making a decision as intimate as, you know, how to care for your child. And so you have to have that connection with the pediatrician. And that just comes from meeting them, you know, in person and just seeing how you guys get along in the personality. Um, And so, yeah, questions are really good. But I think meeting the the pediatrician in person um, just it provides a whole nother level of confirmation on whether or not this is the right pediatrician for you. That's true. It's like a blind date. (laughs) Pretty much because you guys are going to be starting a relationship that's long-term. So hopefully. (laughs) So I read all of the information that you sent over. So not Mm -hmm. only are you a pediatrician who takes care of, tons of babies but you're also a skincare business owner and a mom so i am a skincare business owner not yet a mom a wife i'm a new wife okay (laughs) yes yeah so even though i hear the concerns of moms of different um like socioeconomic levels and ethnic ethnicity backgrounds and different needs. Um, so I, I'm very in tune with the needs of mothers, but um, I married my husband on October 26, 2018. Oh, so, so we just. Recent. Yeah. <laughs> they, yes. 
Thank you so much. So we just, um, we just got over, you know, we just got over, we just survived. No, it's been great. <laughs> I am more a year and, um, yeah, we're starting to have those conversations, but yeah, um, not yet a mom, but soon will be. Oh, well, that's exciting. Yes. Thank you. But yes, I do have the, um, the skincare and wellness line, which I'm absolutely thrilled about, um, because it has been, a nice, um, like accompaniment to, um, my job as a pediatrician. Um, it has just been, I've been practicing. If I count my residency, I've been practicing pediatrics for more than eight years now. And so it has been so nice to kind of like spark and simulate another part of my brain. Um, and, um, you know, keep it active, with the skincare and wellness line. So that is super exciting. So tell me a little bit about the skincare. Like what, I'm so curious. I was talking to one of my bookkeeping clients because that's what I do. I'm a bookkeeper. Um, okay. And I was sitting down with her last night and we were going over like a month end review and we were talking and we got, you know, super chatty. And I was like, I am just so, like, people curious. Like, I, wa- I, I don't know. Like, people just fascinate me about, like, oh, like, what makes you want to do this or start this business? Are you, like, this kind of music? Like, like it, it, I don't know. Everything, like, just fascinates me. Like, different languages and different countries and, like, belief systems. Like, I'm just a very curious person which I love this podcast Mm -hmm. because I get to connect with different people all the time um and and, like learn more about them but what kind of like inspired you to get into skincare or even to just take the leap that is so um uh it's multiple it's an interesting story multiple (laughs) factors brought me uh to that point so um First, a big transition in my life. Um, so I got engaged and, um, you know, we set the date and I was going to have to move, which meant that I was going to have to find a new job. And um, we also purchased a home. <laughs> so like, I not only did it, you know, I have to find a new job, but I had to find a job where, you know, I, I enjoyed it and that I was still making a sufficient amount to afford this new mortgage that we now have. Um, and I was thinking about us having children soon. So um, at my current job, I love it. I love it. But most of my time at the clinic is spent seeing patients because I see so yeah. many. And yeah. And so all of the documentation and charting, that is done after the clinic's already closed. <laughs> so that's like a second job after, after the clinic job. It's like a second job, just charting and documenting, which means that sometimes they get home pretty late in the evening. And um, being a new wife, you know, having this uh, new responsibility of, you know, having dinner ready, not just for yourself now, but for your husband as well. Um, it's, it's different because... Previously, when I would get home late, I was like, well, I'll just order something. But my husband may not want me to order something. Yeah. You know? And so I have to take into account his preference as well. And so 
it didn't take long for me to realize, oh man, this is a lot and this is stressful. I have a lot of demands on me. Um, I'm a career woman and I'm a wife and I want to make my husband happy, but I also care a lot about my career and my patience. And so I felt like, well, I'm only one person and I felt kind of overwhelmed. And so um, I started thinking about how I could change things. And I started getting involved into personal development. So I was reading a lot of books and I um, met a, a coach online who basically coaches doctors to become entrepreneurs because our medical training does not teach us anything about business. <laughs> <laughs> it just teaches us how to work for other people, but it doesn't teach us anything about business. And so um, that's like, you know, something we have to invest in in our own education. Um, and so I started following this coach. Her name is uh, Dr. Una. She's a pediatrician who, um, you know, has her own practice and it's a seven figure practice. Um, But she also has other businesses as well. So she was holding a conference in Georgia and I went to that conference and this conference completely changed my life. Like going to this conference got me in touch with um, other physicians who think like entrepreneurs. So it completely like, like I realized, because I was thinking the way that the majority of physicians think in a very regimented routine kind of way. Like I do this, I get this result. I keep doing this. I will keep getting this result. And I'm fine with that. Like just stay in this little box. But at this conference, I met several pediatricians who think outside of that little box and are thinking about, you know, sources of income that don't necessarily have to do with seeing more patients or not clinically related. And I thought that was completely amazing. So at this conference, I was presented with um, the Neora business opportunity, which basically I serve as um, a referral to their skincare and wellness products. So the, the products come from Neora. I just refer them. And whenever I tried the, um, they have a wellness product called the Day Chew and the Night Chew. It changed my life. That's not like an overstatement. <laughs> like, I feel like that's an understatement because at that time I hadn't yet, um, I hadn't yet found the new job, but we had already moved. So I was commuting about an hour and 30 minutes to work Ooh. each day. So like three hours of my day, I would spend in the car. And so I would wake up super early, get home super late and do it all over again. And so Needless to say, I was a little tired (laughs) and I had, I would get a huge pounding fatigue headache around two to three o'clock every day. And, um, you know, I would still have to drive home after that. So, um, taking these chews was amazing. Like after the first two weeks, I noticed that I had the energy to drive. I was alert during that long commute throughout the day. Um, I would take a youth factor supplement that uh, kept me alert in the afternoon and I would drive home and I would have uh, energy to eat dinner with my husband and have a conversation. And then I would sleep great at night because I had to sleep too. And it was all natural and plant-based. And I was like, this is wonderful. Like other people need to know about (laughs) this. 
And so I started sharing it with people. And then it, it, it's, you know, it is an opportunity for extra income. But for me, it's just fun. And it's a hobby. And I've gotten to meet some great people through it. And it's increased my confidence. And it's increased my skill set. Because now I'm not just a doctor. Like I've got all this other information in my head that's valuable information. But it's not just like pediatric information. So it just helped me understand that I can be more than one thing. Um, there's many facets to who I am. And I, I love it. I just really, really enjoy it. Oh, that's so fun. See, and like, yeah. that's kind of how I feel about my podcast. <laughs> so like, I connected with that so well. Like, yeah, <laughs> there's an opportunity to make money through podcasting. But like, it's just, it's fun. And it... Mm-hmm. I don't know, like, it kind of rounds me out as a person because, like, sure, I could crunch numbers and, you know, be the logistical financial person, you know, from nine to five or whenever. But, like, there's also, like, this creative side to me and this curious side. Absolutely. And yep. there's no curiosity in numbers, they're just being added and subtracted. It's not rocket science, but it's also not mm-hmm. very creative. It's just very, like, logical. And even though I love finance and that's the way my brain mostly functions and I'm, it's something that I'm very good at, but, like, I'm also a curious person and a creative person and a somebody who likes to chit-chat and share things. So I totally get where you're coming from where you're like Mm -hmm. this I love this but I also want to be like fully fulfilled exactly that's super Mm -hmm. fun well I will have to maybe try because currently right now I have coconut oil and a sunscreen that's oh girl (laughs) I was you that's who I was and this this is another thing like I was not the kind of person who would splurge on skincare products. Like my skincare routine is probably like, I don't know, 30 seconds. Yes. (laughs) So, so this has just been another venue. Like I didn't realize um, that this is just something I really enjoy. And again, my skincare routine hasn't necessarily gotten longer, but now I'm indulging as well. And it's just, it's just really nice. I, super enjoy okay it. so here's the million dollar question sure Wednesday do you, <laughs> let do me you have spend it spend more than you make <laughs> so initially I did <laughs> initially because I wanted to try everything yeah because I like I have you know at a standard I guess is what you would call it I'm not going to tell someone about something that I haven't actually tried myself and, um, so I had to try everything <laughs> and, um, and now I have my favorites. And so now that I've streamlined, you know, what I, you know, want to take every day, um, I'm not spending as much as I was before. And I have this, um, you know, unlimited opportunity for income. And as I tell more and more people about it, I'm making more. Um, so yeah, initially I think it is good to kind of, um, sample everything so at least you have a story a personal story that you can share with people when you're telling them about the product oh yeah that's how I am with um the sponsors on my podcast is I always Mm -hmm. have to try things and if if I try it 
and I don't like it or I don't think it's a good service or a good product, then I come back and I'm like, sorry, but we can't partner. It's just not a good fit. But all of the products that I recommend on my podcast, one of them is a direct sales company that I'm a part of, which is um, Zaya Active. They do like leggings and active wear. Okay. I was kind of like you with skincare. Well, I am you past you, I guess, with skincare, (laughs) because that's literally all I have is a coconut oil and a sunscreen. (laughs) I just feel like it's good for Mm -hmm. everything. It's good for removing my makeup. It's good for moisturizing. And then like, I hate the sun. So I got to protect from that. And there I am. Bing, bing, boom, done. But when I started working out after I had my son, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to get sweaty and smelly and gross. There's no reason for me to spend a ton of money on activewear or like workout clothes because they're just going to get gross because I'm going to be working out in them. So I went to like TJ Maxx and Marshalls and just got like a bunch of cheap tank tops and cheap leggings and started going to the gym. Well, it was really annoying because I would be like, not only am I dressing a new version of my body because it Mm -hmm. definitely changed after I had a baby. Um, but I was like tugging on my, on my clothes or like the top kind of fit funny, or it was like a weird material or it wasn't very like, I guess like sweat resistant. Um, or Mm. I'd be like, Oh gosh, it's not sweat resistant. (laughs) So it showed all the sweat marks. (laughs) Or like I'd be pulling my leggings up or they'd be sliding down or they would show sweat marks. And it was just, I was like talking to the woman up front as I was um, getting something at the gym. And I was like, do you have any activewear that you can recommend for me? Because I just had a baby and all of my activewear, it's just like making me not want to work out because it's uncomfortable and it's annoying. And I'm just like, what is your favorite brand that you recommend as a gym employee? And a woman overheard me having this conversation and she was a representative for the company that I am now partnered with, which is iActive. And she's like, oh, if you want to try it, you know, let me know. I can, because she knew I had a blog at the time. So she's like, I'll, Mm -hmm. you know, give you like a gift card. You can pick out what you want and then like write me a review. And I did. And I was like looking at, like premium activewear and it's obviously more expensive it's not I don't think it's expensive like Lululemon I don't know how people Mm. spend over a hundred dollars on a pair of leggings neither do I that is nonsense neither do I (laughs) but it's also not like ten dollars it's right in the middle so it's Mm -hmm. affordable but it's like premium quality like way better I would say than Lululemon Mm. because I've oh, done wow. like a comparison. Like a friend of mine is like a Lulu loyal I, or whatever they're called. <laughs> so I tried her Lululemons on and then I tried the same version, but like in Zaya Active. And I'm like, okay, first of all, like Zaya Active is so much better. And now it's like, I don't know. Like it's like one of those things, like when you were saying you've never spent tons of money on skincare because like you just didn't think it was a thing until you tried it. Exactly. That is how I was when I tried Zaya. I was like, 
premium activewear. Like, what the heck? <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I think sometimes you just have to experience it to really understand why people love it so much. Like, sometimes words just aren't enough to portray, like, the feeling, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So go ahead and share with everyone um, where they can find you online um, or social media. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I have a page. It's called Jennifer Varese MD on Facebook. Um, There's a shortcut. I think if you do at JV Pediatrics, you can find my Facebook page. And that's also um, the same uh, link for my Instagram at JV Pediatrics. Um, and I'm currently at Family First Pediatrics in Spring, Texas. Awesome. Well, yeah, if anybody is yeah. in the, the Texas area and is looking to interview a pediatrician, yes. <laughs> I would love to meet you like all day long. I, you know, meet moms and dads and partner with them and empower them to raise their kids to lead life full of positive memories and discovery. So I would love to meet you. And on my Facebook page, Jennifer Varese MD, I have a couple videos where right now we're in the viral season, but also like the congestion uh, sniffle season. And I have some videos to share with moms and what to do if your child has a fever and what to do if they're congested and, you know, when to take them to the doctor and how to avoid antibiotics. So yeah, lots of good content on there. (laughs) Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being my guest today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful. Are you a fan of the Mommy Wines podcast? Well, of course you are, or you wouldn't be hearing this right now. One of the best ways to support the show you love besides obviously tuning in every Wine Wednesday for new episodes, is shopping the Mommy Wines merch store on teespring.com. This is where you'll find all of the Mommy Wines branded goodness, mugs to hold your coffee over cardio morning java, iPhone and Samsung cases, premium ultra soft hoodies perfect for upcoming cooler months, and of course flowy teas and tanks flattering on every mommy out there. Go shop the Mommy Wine storefront on teespring.com and make sure to use code WINEMOM for free shipping. Today's episode of the Mommy Wines podcast was brought to you by NakedWines.com, Zaya Active, and Coffee Over Cardio. Do you love the show? Show your support by shopping the Mommy Wines podcast merch store at teespring.com or by becoming a monthly supporter of the show by clicking the support button at anchor.fm backslash mommy wines, or you can use the support link in the show notes below. Have you been wanting to start your own podcast? Join the MW Podcast Network. All info on the MW Network, merch, partnerships, coupon codes, episodes, blog posts, and so much more can be found at themommywines.com. As always, thank you for listening, and until next week, wine moms, parent and drink responsibly.